Auto dealers, are you missing the most engaged buyers because you don't know where to find them? At eBay Motors, you'll find buyers so motivated they purchase a car or truck once every three minutes. Just call 866-210-5362 and mention the code AUTONEWS to get 50% off your first two months. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Shift, a podcast about mobility. I'm your host, Pete Bigelow. Hi, Pete. Hi, everybody. This is Leslie Allen. Welcome to the show. Very pleased to have joining us today, Garland Gilchrist, Michigan's Lieutenant Governor. We'll be talking all about electric vehicles, including the big news from General Motors last week uh, about a $7 billion investment in uh, its EV factories and EV infrastructure here in Michigan, Leslie. Yeah, that is huge news here in Michigan and really everywhere. I'm just this investment. What is it, uh, Pete? Something like they're going to be um, building a battery cell plant and converting the plant that makes the Chevy Bolt uh, to build battery-powered versions of the Chevy Silverado, GMC Sierra full-size pickups. I mean, this is a huge deal. It is a huge deal. I think what's interesting to me, Leslie, is like the competitive nature between states for these these big uh, EV-related uh, jobs deals. Obviously, we had Ford just uh, just a few months ago announced its uh, $11 billion investment in Kentucky and Tennessee. Uh, more recently, just a, a week or two ago, we had Intel announcing it's going to make uh, chips in Ohio. And, uh, you know, I, I think obviously a lot of our listeners are here in Michigan and, and understand some of the consternation that came along with with those two big announcements and them not being related to to the traditional home of the auto industry here. So, uh, you know, in the competition between states, score one for, for Detroit. And it's really uh, fortuitous that we scheduled that conversation with Garland Gilchrist. This, he's going to um, take us through a lot of what Michigan um, had to do with landing that great uh, investment and also what's coming going forward. That's right. This is by no means the uh, the end of whatever that uh, that game being played on that that jobs uh, and econ- you know economic development scorecard is. So uh, he's got some hints at, at details to come on that. Um, but first, also big news, Leslie. I wanted to note last week it was not you know on a smaller scale, of course, but uh, I noted that May Mobility, which uh, has operated in Detroit and Ann Arbor. Uh, closed its Series C round, uh, $83 million uh, venture capital investment from the Mirai Creation Fund, uh, which is Toyota-backed. So obviously that's a, a big deal here in these times that are, that are kind of shaky when it comes to automated vehicles uh, and that, that hype uh, and momentum having slowed a little bit. I thought this was a small mark in the prog- progressive direction. Yeah, we were just talking last week about how local motors had run into um basically uh, issues that caused it to close and also some changes for Optimus Ride, which has sold its intellectual property and not sold its people, but its people are being hired by Magna. So this is um, a good news story um, on the autonomous vehicle front, definitely. And May Mobility shuttles, I 
they're not using the traditional shuttles as much anymore, are they? No, and I think that's a, a kind of an interesting note, maybe that they, they used to be working with the Polaris Gems and, and kind of fall into that self-driving shuttle category, and they uh, pivoted away and are now using the uh, regular Toyota Sienna. So as we see some of these shuttle companies close, like you mentioned, uh, that's an interesting Interesting to note, the, the vehicle of choice has, has changed from a mobility a little bit. Uh, also interesting to note that uh, the Mirai Creation Fund, uh, which, is, which led May Mobility's Series C, uh, had also been a big backer of local motors. So I wonder if there's a, uh, a reshuffling of the, the bet from the Mirai Creation perspective as well. But, uh, but all things that we can explore in, in future podcasts and stories, uh, for now, let's uh, Let's not keep uh, Lieutenant Governor Garland Gilchrist waiting. Uh, without further ado, here is our conversation with him. Lieutenant Governor Garland Gilchrist, thanks so much for joining us on the podcast today. I'm glad to be here. Thank you. So uh, we're always curious, are you joining us from Lansing today? Is that, uh, is that where you're located? I am. I know we talked previously and I've been in any other, uh, many other parts of Michigan, but today I'm here in my office in the Capitol. All right. Well, today, as a matter of fact, uh, there's a big announcement related to transportation, and we wanted to discuss electric vehicles with you. And uh, it's very fortuitous that that General Motors and LG are making the the biggest announcement in, in quite some time, investing seven billion dollars in in two locations for manufacturing electric batteries, electric uh, vehicles. Um, let's cut to the chase. What does this mean for the state of Michigan right now? It is incredible for the state of Michigan and is a testament to uh, many things that are true about our state. One, the amazing professionals in the workforce who have delivered mobility solutions to the world for more than 100 years are now going to be the the people who are going to be delivering these electrified mobility solutions for the next several decades here in the state of Michigan. We're very proud of this investment with General Motors and LG Energy Solutions. It's gonna be a huge investment in manufacturing electric vehicles at the Lake Orion uh, assembly plant. It's gonna be a huge investment um, in Delta Township of uh, General Motors producing in partnership with LG Energy Solution, the Altium platform um, that is really gonna power General Motors' entire portfolio of electrified vehicles. This is gonna mean uh, thousands of jobs, millions of dollars and opportunities invested in, in sort of you know, the halo effect of those investments in our communities uh, across the state of Michigan. We're so excited about what this means. And it is a testament that in Michigan, we not only can come together to make historic things happen, but we can keep the world moving. So it's great. Now, incentives from the state uh, include a first-of-a-kind $600 million direct taxpayer grant that subsidizes these projects. So what is the importance of going to these unprecedented measures uh, to encourage this type of development? You know, we live in unprecedented times and we are in a competition with every state and frankly internationally for where these types of uh, this type of innovation is gonna happen, where these vehicles are gonna get developed, where these batteries are going to re- be researched, uh, deployed and ultimately manufactured. And so we wanna make sure that Michigan is not just on the field, but that we can win the game. And so by stepping up in the way that we did working, you know, with the leadership in the Michigan legislature, we signed uh, historic legislation to give our state the tools to compete for a project like this. And so we're proud to bring this one across the finish line. But that's not all that's going to happen. This will not be the end of electric vehicle investment here in the state of Michigan. And we're competing for 
different things across a number of industries that we think are going to lead to, to, to you know, thousands of jobs and communities across the state of Michigan that are going to help us define the future. It's interesting that you bring up competition because, as you know, Ford made a big announcement in late fall about building its EV factory and battery facilities in Kentucky and Tennessee. And just recently, Intel announced that it's building a chip factory in Ohio. So what is the competitive landscape like it, uh, out there like for states trying to land these types of job-making and job-preserving investments? It shows that states are doing everything they can to try to attract this investment because they know the difference that it makes, you know, the jobs that it creates, the, the economic impact that these can have. And so the state of Michigan, you know, we need to make sure that we have the tools and we're competing for, for uh, opportunities in all those spaces as well. And we're excited and optimistic and hopeful about what we're going to see coming as far as investment in Michigan from Michigan-based companies, as well as attracting that investment to Michigan in a new way. Garland, can you take us behind the scenes a little bit? How did this come together? When did the discussion start? Um, you know, t tell us about how this, this GMLG uh, deal came together. Sure. So we've been in conversations with GM and, and LG Energy Solution for a number of months now, just making sure that, that we were always uh, in front of mind um, for these, this, this joint venture partnership uh, and knowing that you know, General Motors has already made a significant investment in its electrified vehicle future here in the state of Michigan with General Motors Factory Zero, uh, where the Hummer EV is going to be produced. And so now to add, as they are expanding um, the consumer portfolio with the Silverado and Sierra, uh, GMC Sierra EVs, uh, we wanted them to build them here in Michigan as well. So we wanted to make sure they knew what was available to them, knew about our workforce, which they already did, because again, this is General Motors. Like they've seen the quality of our UAW workers and, and what they can deliver and how they can do it with precision and with expertise. Um, they also needed to see the fact that the state of Michigan step up to the plate and be competitive, go to places where they could have put this plant. They could have chosen anywhere in the world, and they chose Michigan because Michigan is the right place to be. It has the proximity to their uh, supplier partners all up and down the value chain, and it's the best place with the best professionals to deliver these vehicles for, the, for today and tomorrow. Obviously, over 50 years or so through uh, you know, Republican governorships in Michigan, through Democratic governorships, we've watched the auto industry migrate south for, for these types of jobs. Um, what's been so difficult over, over in that long period of time to, and retaining those jobs? And is this a signal that, that maybe the competitive landscape has evened a bit? It's a new day. And so, you know, the, the things that have happened in those investment decisions, um, regardless of what happened yesterday, we have a chance to define a new tomorrow. And I think today represents that. And so our administration, Governor Gretchen Whitmer and I, this is a demonstration, a manifestation of the fact that we will work with any and every person who is interested in the growth and prosperity of the people of the state of Michigan. We will use every tool that we have at our disposal. And if we need to be creative and come up with some new ones, we can do that too, because that's what we do. We solve the problem of creating opportunities for people in the future. And just to say it on this manufacturing public, I'm an engineer by training. And so it, it just excites me to be able to have Michigan, the state, and especially Southeast Michigan, that has the highest concentration of engineers in the country, to have that talented uh, group of people and professionals be the ones who are going to deliver this for the future. That is, that just warms my heart. One thing I'm wondering about is what about jobs that are tied to the internal combustion engine? I mean, obviously EVs have fewer parts and um, it's great for maintenance and uh, for us as customers. But are there economic headwinds um, ahead for those who are tied to the ICE industry? One of the reasons that General Motors made the choice to invest here in the state of Michigan is because of the conscientious approach that we've taken to making sure that there is a pathway for people to 
retain mobility jobs. And again, this is about adding actually to uh, this sector of our economy. And we've done things in the workforce development front, like creating um, you know, a, a jobs academy to train people who are making this conversion and make sure they're prepared for these jobs of today and tomorrow. This is building upon the foundation that we've laid as an administration programs like the Michigan Reconnect and Futures for Frontliners that are providing tuition-free pathways to community college and professional training and certifications that you'll need to have these jobs in the future. So we want to make sure that people have the credentials to be able to move and compete for these jobs because we have great professionals and they can compete going forward. And as folks are recognizing that there are other places that they can slide in in the value chain for electrified vehicles. For example, there's working directly on the line, but there's also working on the infrastructure to support electrified vehicles, whether that's charging stations, whether that is um, the work that needs to be done to the electrical grid to support uh, the deployment of this kind of power and energy at different points on the grid that never had to do that kind of uh, distribution or have that kind of capacity there before. It's also gives people to work in these more innovative uh, sectors where we're actually pushing the envelope forward on things like autonomous vehicles with our cabinet partnership, the 40 mile corridor, corridor between Detroit and Ann Arbor, or our inductive induction charging pilot that'll have one mile of highway that will charge electric vehicles while they drive on the highway and not even have to have a charging station. These are tremendous opportunities. So I see this as a growth opportunity, not one more constraining uh, resources and opportunities. Are there any specific projects out there that are on the horizon that you can tell us about, or at least uh, give us a little preview? Like economic development projects? Yes. I think we're going to make some news pretty soon. <laughs> well, Garland, I'll ask you, obviously we've been talking about, uh, you know, luring large corporations in general, perhaps, and, and then the big General Motors news. Let's go to the other end of the spectrum a little bit. Uh, what is Michigan doing to, to lure startups here, to nurture startups that are, that are currently working in Michigan in the transportation realm? This is, the, this is the thing that's actually even more exciting to me because this is, represents the growth because the next General Motors is probably going to be one of these startup companies. And we're proud that you know, 900 plus you know, companies in the entire mobility space have a presence or have their headquarters here in the state of Michigan because this is the place to be. This is the center for excellence, for the state for excellence here in this industry. And so we want to continue to engage more startups. We've done things through our administration standing up the Office of Future of Mobility and Electrification. And that office has created things like the Michigan Mobility Funding Platform that is putting out you know, grants to entrepreneurs and the researchers who are thinking about what the next generation of this technology is going to look like. We already have had um, success stories, not only in the automotive space, but in the mobility space more broadly, in marine autonomy, in, in you know, unmanned aerial, vehicle, aerial vehicles, um, doing things that and using platforms at the Gerald R. Ford uh, Airport, which was just announced a couple of weeks ago, and the innovation is going to come from aerial mobility and connected and smart um, aerial transportation and logistics uh, from that location. And so we're excited to have Michigan, again, just be a, a state of excellence when it comes to, uh, if you have an idea in this space, you have a technology to test or to deploy, or if you have a business that's ready to be capitalized, you should do that here in Michigan. Obviously, in Detroit, there used to be the Techstars Mobility Incubator that, that closed about two years ago. I'm curious, uh, you, you mentioned a number of 900 startups. Is, is there enough critical mass in the startup community to, to really kind of foster the whole ecosystem? And how does the availability of venture capital kind of play into the, the needs of, of what startups need to, to flourish? Michigan has consistently over the last several years seen the highest year-over-year -year growth in venture capital investment compared to every other state. And so we expect that to continue. 
And the mobility space is obviously a rich one in terms of where those investments are pointing. So we are very eager to continue to support that. And I'm working specifically to make sure that we're having more capital available in the space, that we're encouraging more angel investment um, in the state of Michigan broadly and in this technology and mobility sector and the intersection of the two in particular. And so I think you're going to see more programming like that. And that's why we have the Office of Future Mobility and Electrification. That's why we did this you know, mobility funding platform to be able to say that Michigan is open for business, open for people with ideas to come here and innovate and create things that are new and different and better and create more value for more people in more markets. And this is really our opportunity. And so we're excited about that. And I think you're going to see some more anchors coming in soon. I want to drill down a bit on the comment that you made about um, diversifying the types of startups that Michigan is investing in. I mean, Michigan has invested in aviation, maritime, et cetera. Is this an intentional diversification of those grants? And do you see opportunity for job growth across transportation modes? Absolutely. This is about mobility. This is about moving people, goods, services, and ideas from point A to point B to point Z. And we want to make sure that there is a rich mix and set of options that can meet people wherever they are, wherever they want to go, that it, that reaches people at every point on the spectrum of income, every point on the spectrum of urban, suburban, exurban, and rural, um, that meets people with personal, individual mobility solutions, as well as shared uh, connected autonomous and public mobility solutions that can handle the questions of logistics as well as again person community um, that can handle inter-city and intra-city um, uh, transportation challenges i think we really are able to innovate across the board here in the state of michigan so we'll see investment in all those areas and that is intentional because we want to make it so that every idea is viable here in the state of michigan are any particular startups that are outside of the automotive space or the traditional automotive space that you can highlight for us? You know, rather than talking about the individual startups, I want to talk about the platforms that we're providing because I think ultimately um, you get great innovation when you have a good foundation. And so that's why we, again, I talked about the Gerald R. Ford uh, Airport platform and stuff in that aerial uh, autonomy. I talked about things like the American Center for Mobility at Willow Run and what that represents as far as a world-class testing uh, space improving ground really for these new technologies and also M City at the University of Michigan again which is looking at both the technical and, and technological questions we need to understand when it comes to connected uh, and electrified autonomy but it's also looking at the human side of this like how do humans interact with autonomous vehicles when you get into a bus that doesn't have a driver like how do you feel about that what does that mean for your experience and I think this this really 360 degree approach that we're taking in Michigan which we can fully understand this technology is important because ultimately, again, what's the purpose of technology? The purpose of technology is to help people, is to make people's lives better, to enable them to do uh, the things they want to do and to be their best selves. And so we need to fully understand that. And that's why we've created these platforms all around and across the state of Michigan to help deliver that. And that's why companies are moving here to make sure they can, they can benefit from that, that uh, foundation. Garland, it's interesting as you talk about that, there's, there's obviously a, uh, you know, a public-private partnership uh, that comes together at a place like ACM, for one example. Uh, curious, like, is that the mold going forward to, to make this work, to make this more than the sum of its parts? Does it, does it need both the, the public and private aspects to, to attract those entrepreneurs? Absolutely. We're going to need to, I think uh, people with ideas are going to want to see that, it's, that we're all in, that, I, that everybody's at the table here in Michigan, the public sector, the private sector. Our, our university systems and researchers, uh, our nonprofit and philanthropic partners as well. Everyone has a role to play in growing this, this element of our economy and being part of this future. 
I'm going to go back to EVs uh, for a second and kind of ask a similar question. Uh, obviously, we talked a lot about the, the automaker role in bringing um, EVs to the market and the, the jobs involved in creating the electric vehicles. Uh, from a consumer perspective, what is the state of Michigan doing to uh, accelerate adoption of, of electric vehicles? We certainly want to make sure that folks know that uh, the choice that they should make as they can is to buy an electrified vehicle. We're proud that OEMs are uh, developing more electrified vehicles at every price point for every consumer and every uh, sort of vehicle and body type, which is very exciting to see uh, them stepping up in that way. And so I'd ask you to stay tuned. We're going to, uh, you may hear some news made about that during the governor's state of the state address is what we're doing from the state's perspective. Um, to make sure that people uh, have a good pathway, a viable pathway to, to, to acquiring uh, these vehicles. And we're building up the infrastructure to support it. You know, that means building up our, our electrical vehicle charging station network across the state of Michigan. We have the, the Great Lakes EV circuit. Uh, we're partnering with our neighboring states in Michigan. You can have a great experience driving an electric vehicle anywhere in the Midwest and the Great Lakes region. We're working to, I, I spent all of last summer, it felt like going and cutting ribbons on electric vehicle charging stations all across northern Michigan so people could, in our Michiganders who drive long ranges to have fun, could do so in electrified vehicles. We also are um, developing uh, technologies on the other end of the spectrum, things like the Smart Parking Lab in the city of Detroit which is sort of a valet service that is enabling parking technologies, autonomous uh, valet technologies and others to, to innovate together and develop the kinds of partnerships that are going to lead to the mobility solutions of the future. And so, you know, we want to make it so that the end-to-end -end experience being an EV owner um, is, is as great as it can be here in the state of Michigan. And that's why we're making the investments. Our state budget reflects that. How we're going to utilize the federal infrastructure dollars reflects that. And it's going to lead to a great EV future. And I'm saying this as a person who's been a plug-in hybrid driver for the last three vehicles that, I, that I've owned. And so I'm really excited to, to bring that to fruition here for everyone in Michigan in an affordable and accessible way. We're going to take a quick break from our conversation with Lieutenant Governor Gilchrist for this word from our sponsor. The most motivated car buyers aren't knocking on your door anymore. They're online, but you don't have to look far. You can find them at eBay Motors. Our platform features over 7 million engaged users. Our buyers are so engaged, they enter over 3 billion search impressions per month and buy a car or truck every three minutes. Today's car buyer has high expectations when they browse online eBay Motors helps you meet those expectations. Use machine learning with our AI-driven vehicle pages, and you'll automatically optimize your buyer's experience. It's as easy as listing your inventory and watching as the most engaged buyers find you. If you've ever uploaded your automotive inventory to a website, you have more than enough skills to get your cars listed on eBay Motors. It will feel like you're setting up an entirely new car dealership within minutes. Once you list your available inventory, you'll have additional support from the platform, including a single destination page for your entire brand. Want to generate more sales automatically? eBay Motors lets you choose between auction, classified, and fixed price listing options so the site does the heavy lifting. It even integrates with your existing dealer or vehicle management system. All you have to do is list your inventory. Sit back, relax, watch a movie, and then check back in to see the sales you've made. How do you start? It's as simple as creating an account. Call 866-210-5362 and mention the code AUTONEWS to get 50% off your first two months. Find out why selling cars has never been this easy. That number again, 866-210-5362. And now back to our conversation with Michigan's Lieutenant Governor Garland Gilchrist. Now, you talked about building EV infrastructure throughout the state of Michigan. So 
you recently took a tour of the Upper Peninsula. And um, for people who may not know, it's one of the most rural places in the lower 48. Um, so what was the state of the infrastructure there for EVs? Yeah, absolutely. So we're continuing to build out our electrical vehicle charging network uh, in the Upper Peninsula. And so working with municipalities that are very excited to have these uh, this charging infrastructure be, especially in their downtown corridors and, and the sort of destinations um, to exist. Again, these are points of entry to the beauty of Michigan when it comes to people to out enjoy our outdoor recreation and things like that. Our Office of Rural Development that we just stood up as an administration is going to be looking at how this kind of connected infrastructure can intersect with the expansion of high-speed, high-quality, affordable internet access in Michigan, how that can connect to making our infrastructure smarter and more available to support electrified vehicles and electrified transportation. And so we're making this a reality all across Michigan, so that no matter where you live in Michigan, that electrified vehicle can be the right choice for you. Will Michigan benefit from the federal infrastructure bill that was enacted last fall in terms of building out that EV infrastructure? I'm sorry, in terms of building out that charging infrastructure, I should say. Absolutely. There's a reason why uh, right after President Biden signed the legislation, he came to Michigan to promote it uh, at the GM Factory Zero. I was proud to welcome him at Detroit Metro Airport when he came here for that trip, actually. And that will get millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars to be able to build up that infrastructure here in the state of Michigan, um, all across Michigan, so that again, our range anxiety will be an anxiety that we don't have to worry about anymore um, because of what we're going to build out. So we're very excited about what that represents, very excited about what the infrastructure dollars will mean for our electric grid to support the distribution of that power more efficiently. And all this is going to lead to our, our states reducing its carbon footprint and getting on a path to being carbon neutral by 2050. Uh, we're very thankful for that investment from the federal government, that partnership, so that we can leverage the dollar investing at the state level to make this a reality. Garland, I'm curious, you mentioned the Great Lakes Circuit, which if I remember correctly, is that kind of block of Midwestern states working together to, to bring EV charging infrastructure uh, and EVs to, uh, to, you know, to widespread fruition. I'm curious, did that develop from the idea that we traditionally think of EVs as, as being on either coast and you know, there's some fear that the Midwest gets, gets left behind from a technology perspective? How did, what was the reasoning behind wanting to do that? How did it come together? Because we want people to be able to drive EVs everywhere. So no, absolutely, it's not coming from a fear-based mindset. Um, it's coming from a place of, we want you to have a great experience um, with these vehicles of the future that have a, that have a different, um, that are gonna have a different impact on our environment. And so um, we always look to partner with our neighboring states in the Midwest. We have a lot in common. And so we wanted to work together with them to make sure that if you were gonna drive across state lines, if you're gonna be able to take your electrified vehicle with you. And so, um, that, that's what this was the motivation for this. Um, we certainly have seen in the historic adoption of electrified vehicles that they've been a bit more popular and prevalent in other parts of the country, but that is going to change, especially with investments. Again, like General Motors has announced today, these vehicles, these trucks will be built in the state of Michigan, and they will be bought in the state of Michigan, and they'll be driven in the state of Michigan. We're very excited about that. Another thorny aspect of, of electric vehicle adoption, and we've talked a lot about charging stations, is there's an equity component. You know, I. I live in a house uh, with my family in the suburbs and we can put a charger in our garage. Uh, a lot of people who live in apartments or other multifamily dwellings don't have the luxury of, of adding that charging infrastructure. So, so I guess two part question would be, are EVs really for everybody? And, and if so, how do you go about ensuring that everyone has access to charging? This is our opportunity. So I see this as a giant opportunity for us to innovate, again, create solutions that are new and different and better and more valuable to more people 
who are living in more walks of life. So that means we need to make more robust our public charging infrastructure. So we spent several minutes in this conversation talking about the importance of expanding that public charging infrastructure. So that if you're not charging at home, you can charge somewhere else. And that is affordable and reliable and available to you at, at scale so that you're not you know, waiting around for one and have to drive around forever to get to one. We're working to make sure that you know, electric vehicles can be more affordable to purchase or to lease and acquire in the first place. Um, so we're gonna, you're gonna hear some news on that uh, being made uh, in the next few days here. We also are wanna make sure that um, just, we don't want there to be barriers between people and progress. You know, one of the, one of the, the, the greatest inequities is lack of access to opportunities. And so this, this opportunity to experience this mobility future and all that comes with it, um, Michigan is determined, I am determined to make Michigan a leader and make sure that's available to every single person, um, regardless of where you live, regardless of your station in life, that if that's a choice you want to make, you can make it here in Michigan. I have a pretty um, broad question for you, Lieutenant Governor. And I, I'm basically, what is the government's role or what is the government's motivation in ensuring that electric vehicles are a success? Is it about what consumers want or striving to achieve goals to um, thwart climate change, for example? Those are inextricably linked. I think it's very clear that people, especially in a state like Michigan, where we are, have always, you know, you know since, since Michigan was the thing, um, we have been charged to be stewards uh, of our beautiful piece of the planet and to be good stewards of the natural resources that we've been blessed with here in the state of Michigan. And so we all, I think, have that sort of within us um, that, that spirit of stewardship, we want to be mindful of it. And um, I think people are eager to enter into this future of the, of the different kind of the performance and benefits that can come from having an electrified vehicle. And so all this stuff comes together. And that's why the state of Michigan wants Michigan to be an amazing place to own and to drive. Um, one of these vehicles. And so we, we, we believe that we can solve multiple problems um, with our approach. Garland, I'm curious, uh, you know, prior to you getting into politics, I know you were a software engineer. Uh, you attended University of Michigan. Uh, I'm curious about why you wanted to study computer engineering at Michigan and, and kind of how you got on the career track that you did both, both in the, uh, you know, business world and in politics. Yeah, so you know, my, my love of ferrous technology began when I was really little. My, my grandmother uh, made me the first kid on my block on the east side of Detroit to have a computer when I was five. And I fell in love with it immediately. My, my parents, uh, they really let it be mine, too. They didn't, like, commandeer it for work. <laughs> you know, they, like, they let me do whatever I wanted to. And I could, like, um, take it apart put it together, change the colors, like I could do whatever I wanted to this. And what that gave me, uh, more so than, more so than the, the technical piece, it gave me a level of, of comfort and confidence with technology that like it could do what I wanted it to do, that I controlled it, it did not control me. And, and so that love had really stuck in, you know, my, my first job, um, my first real job when I was 16, was building computers like i literally built computers and installed them in places and i installed five computers in a rec center on the west side of detroit and taught a computer class on the computers that i built and so i've always loved you know what bringing technology to people could unlock for me and so that's been important to me and so when i went on to, to study computer engineering and computer science double major at michigan went on to be a software developer at Microsoft and had fun with that, helped grow SharePoint to the fast growing business in the history of the company, um, learned a tremendous amount out at headquarters in Redmond, Washington. 
But ultimately, I, I wanted to get back to where I started, which was how can technology enable new possibilities for people across the board, not just like the productivity at work. So that's why I ended up transitioning away from Microsoft, um, not because it was a bad place to work, it was amazing, but because I wanted to do something different with my technical training. So that's why I got into um, um, the world of advocacy and enabling people to realize their full economic and political potential. And I worked across the country um, um, on campaigns to do just that. And then uh, coming home, when I came home to Michigan uh, almost eight years ago, um, I came home with the express intent of using the training that I had to help make life better for people in Detroit. And so that ultimately, I did that for city government for, for several years, and now I'm, I'm trying to do that as lieutenant governor. And so um, my path has been about how technology can position people for success and to realize their full potential. And, and uh, that started when I was five years old. It's a fascinating story. Lieutenant Governor Gilchrist, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. We really enjoyed talking with you. The pleasure is all mine. Thank you very much, Leslie and Pete. Thanks again to Lieutenant Governor Garland Gilchrist for that terrific conversation, terrific and timely conversation, Leslie. Uh, what was your big takeaway from that? The big takeaway is how involved Michigan is in the transportation landscape that goes beyond automotive. I, it would be uh, quite a, an achievement to really build up that infrastructure here in, in Michigan. And um, I'm sure other states are looking that way too for aviation, maritime, that kind of thing. So I thought that was pretty interesting. What about you, Pete? Yeah, I would agree with that. Uh, and I'm curious, maybe if, if our listeners have some thoughts on that, I'd be curious to delve into that more in some of our future coverage. So um, I'll just ask our listeners, if you have uh, thoughts on that, you want to hear that, you don't want to hear more on, on Michigan's diversifying its kind of transportation businesses, um, would love to hear your perspective on, on what you want to hear on Future Shift podcasts. Uh, but for today, that's it, Leslie. Um, thank you to our producer, Josh Freed. And to our listeners for tuning in, we will be back next Monday with our next episode of the Shift Podcast. Until then, take care.